W233AH Monticello. This is Rosie Starr for Radio Catskill. Welcome to Farm and Country, locally produced radio about rural life in the Catskills and the Delaware River Valley. On today's show, Keith Hubbard's Star Talk highlights the Leonid meteor shower accompanied with moonlight. And we'll hear the voices of family farmers tending their stands located at the Cooperage Main Street Market in Honesdale, Pennsylvania. I took the opportunity to shop for my weekly supply of fruits, vegetables, and eggs and say hello to some of the folks who grow my food. All of that coming up on today's Farming Country. But first, Newt's headlines from NPR. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Noor Rahm. President Biden is in Cambodia, where he's working to counter China's growing influence in Southeast Asia. NPR's Franco Ordonez reports the visit is Biden's first to Southeast Asia as president. President Biden says his administration is committed to the region, touting a new comprehensive strategic partnership focused on ensuring the Indo-Pacific is free and open, as well as stable and prosperous. Together, we will tackle the biggest issues of our time, from climate to health security, defend against the significant threats of rule-based order. The visit comes in the wake of China making greater inroads in the region. The president is holding bilateral and trilateral meetings with Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida and South Korean President Yoon Suk-yeol ahead of his highly anticipated meetings with Chinese President Xi Jinping Monday. Franco Ordonez, NPR News, Phnom Penh, Cambodia. The Ukrainian government says the recapture of the key city of Kherson from Russia has been a huge boost to national morale. The foreign minister, Dmitry Kuleba, says the Ukrainian army will prevail. This is yet another battle that we have won. I would like to remind you that since the beginning of the war, we won the battle for Kiev. We forced Russia to retreat from the northeast of Ukraine. We won the battle for Kharkiv region. We won the battle for Kherson. So, we are winning battles on the ground, but the war continues. Russia's defense minister says Moscow withdrew more than 30,000 soldiers across the Dnipro River. Ukrainian officials say the Russians knocked out power in Kherson before completing their withdrawal yesterday. There are still two Senate races to be decided. Georgia is holding a runoff election next month after no one candidate won more than 50 percent of the vote. The votes are still being counted in Nevada. Democrat Mark Kelly won re-election in Arizona last night, beating Republican Blake Masters. Democrat Adrian Font has been elected Arizona's Secretary of State. NPR's Miles Parks reports. Adrian Fontes is a former election official who used to oversee voting in Arizona's most populous county, Maricopa County. In an interview with NPR before voting ended, he promised to take on conspiracy theories head-on should he be elected. We're going to take off the gloves. I'm not afraid to call out election denialists for the liars that they are. Uh, And if they want to show how they're not lying, then they need to bring some evidence. Fontes defeated Mark Fincham, a far-right candidate who was at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. 
Finchin was endorsed by former President Trump, and he becomes at least the third election-denying Secretary of State candidate to lose in a competitive state this election. Miles Parks, NPR News. You're listening to NPR News from Washington. This is Rosie Starr. Welcome back to Farm and Country. Coming up on today's show, we'll hear the voices of family farmers tending their stands located at the Cooperage Main Street Market in Honesdale, Pennsylvania. I took the opportunity to shop for this week's supply of fruits, vegetables, and eggs and say hello to some of the folks who grow my food. But first, here's Keith Hubbard with Star Talk. Thank you for joining us on Radio Catskill for this week's locally produced Farm and Country. country. I'm Keith Hubbard, and this is Star Talk. From now until the end of November, the Leonid meteor shower will be occurring. The meteors will appear to radiate from the sickle and Leo, which gives the shower its name. The best time to see the meteor shower will be in the late night and early morning hours. The best place will be a rural location away from city lights. At the time, the sickle will be high in the southeast. During the shower's peak, which will be the evening of Thursday into the morning of Friday this year, you can expect to see 10 to 15 meteors per hour. Like last year, the moon will affect the number of meteors that are able to be seen. The third quarter moon will be on Wednesday, and the moon will be in the sky during the peak viewing times. To make matters worse, the moon will be close to the radiant in Leo. This will all but guarantee that only the brightest meteors will be seen Thursday and that the actual rate of meteors seen will be much lower than the expected rate. The meteors will come from Comet Temple-Tuttle. It was discovered independently by William Temple in December 1865 and Horace Tuttle in January 1866. It was then lost for 100 years before being rediscovered in 1965. Comet Temple-Tuttle orbits the Sun every 33 years, with its last approach coming in 1998. Head out this week to try to see a fireball, an extremely bright meteor, over the glow of the moon. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future Star Talk segments, my email address is startalk at farmandcountry.org. For Farm and Country and Star Talk, this has been Keith Hubbard reminding you to keep looking up. For WJFF Radio Catskill, this is Rosie Starr in Honesdale at the Cooperage. We're at the height of autumn and the farmers are here. It's their new location for the fall. And I'm just walking around at this lovely event. It's a beautiful day. And the first stand I come to is Microgreens, nutrient-dense organic, grown in Milford, Pennsylvania. Please introduce yourself and tell me about your stand. 
Hi, my name is Yvonne Brennan. We just started Shoots and Sprouts a little bit over a year ago. We're just trying to share the massive nutrition you get with our microgreens with our community. So we're here at the Cooperage on Saturdays. We're at the Milford Mini Market now we're doing in Milford down at the Tractor Supply on 209. And on Fridays, we're at the at the Holly Hub, but you can catch us there from 1 to 4. I see the word organic. Yes. We have, we use all organic ingredients, uh, you know, seed, soil, and we're just taking it back to where it came from. What inspired you to do this? Everybody is just looking for a way to stay healthy, get healthy, and just maintain health. And you can't really do anything better than getting it right from, from Earth. Microgreens are about 40% more nutritious than the vegetables that they produce. So they're a superfood. They're known to um, reverse type 2 diabetes. They're lowering um, inflammation in a lot of people. They're finding a lot of studies are finding that's helping with uh, cancer patients. So that's what I'm just trying to help. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for taking the time to speak with me. And I think I've chosen sunflower and pea shoots. I'm Ara Fisher. I'm the executive director here at the Cooperage Project. Well, tell me what's going on today. It's Saturday. It's uh, early November. Yeah, so it's actually a beautiful, warm fall, I feel like. We've had a really wonderful fall this year. So we're really excited to be kicking off our season of the indoor farmer's market. Well, we're outside as much as we can be. But uh, the Cooperage Project, we host this six months of the year, November through April, every Saturday. We've got uh, uh, romping radishes upstairs, our youth program, healthy living class for kids, age kindergarten to second grade. And then uh, Jenna's inside doing a trivia, farmer's market trivia, trying to have as much fun as we can while we support our local farmers and our local ecosystem. And yeah. Well, I see you have a microgreen I here. Sure do. What is this little baby's name? Uh, her name is Uma, U-M-A, Uma, and she just turned one. She's very shy. Ooh, happy birthday, Uma. Welcome to this wild planet. Right. <laughs> and so far, she loves all of her vegetables. So we're going to be getting a lot of things today that we'll be taking home and cutting up in little pieces. Okay, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you, Rosie. <laughs> okay, continuing on at the Cooperage at their opening event day. I stopped at a stand to get some onions and celery root. And eggs. The gentleman here is going to introduce himself and tell me who he is and about his farm. Yeah, my name's Andy Curtis. Journey's End Farm is Sterling, Pennsylvania. Um, we make pure maple syrup and grow vegetables and have some eggs. And we usually we do the whole season at the Holly Farmers Market, and so this is the first day back at the Cooperage for the winter, and we're excited to be here. I know. It's exciting because it's warm and seasonal. It's strangely and, warm today, yeah. <laughs> well, but this is the time of the year. It's November, and people like me who make a lot of soup are happy that you're here with your root vegetables. Yeah. And I noticed something very curious at your table, your beautiful yarn. Tell us about your yarn. Yeah, so we had two alpacas for about 12 years. They've since died, but we have skeins and skeins of fleece yet for sale. And it's beautiful. There's a white uh, brown and then a sort of half white, half brown. Mm -hmm. Well, tell me, what inspires you to do this work? I grew up on the farm making syrup and growing food and went away for a few years and came back and just got back to it. And it's rewarding and hard and it's totally worth it. I can see by the look in your eye, you're very contented, yeah. and that's a good thing. Uh, what are the challenges that you're experiencing right now? 
this very warm day is, you know, could be a challenge. Making maple syrup has become trickier in the last few years. The weather not not being what we expect it to be. If we don't get enough cold weather, you know, we'll have more vegetable pests too next year. So we really need we need it to get get a little cooler. This year has been drier than usual, but we haven't had the worst of it. It was nice that it wasn't too wet because that that's almost worse. And we've had certainly had a, plenty of wet years recently. So it's as usual. It's the weather, the pests, disease management, mm-hmm. time management. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and uh, I'm aware of all the things that you farmers need to know, and I am grateful that you're capable in bringing us food. But you mentioned maple syrup. From my knowledge, you do that in the springtime. Yeah, so our maple season runs anywhere from mid-February to mid-April, depending on the weather. Does the weather affect you now? Well... It can make us a little nervous in terms of we, we really need it to get cold. And we don't, if we don't have a, a cold winter, cold enough, then the trees don't go dormant properly. It also means that the ground isn't frozen as well. If we have a winter where the ground doesn't freeze enough, it can affect the maple season in a negative way by warming up too quickly. Because we need cold nights and warm days for that sap to flow. And so if the ground is warm then the nights don't get as cold. Well, we are in northeast Pennsylvania, and we know how winters are here. We'll see how this one goes. We shall see. Hopefully it cools off, you know, gives us a run for our money. (laughs) Thank you for taking the time to speak with me. Yep, thank you. And now I'm inside the cooperage. The room is lined with tables. There's all kinds of good stuff in here. Wolf Springs Farm is here. Hi. (laughs) My name is Rosie. I'm with Radio Catskill. Tell me your name. Tammy. Hi, Tammy. And uh, what farm do you have? Wolf Springs Farm in Honesdale. Okay. Well, tell me a little bit about it. Your menu says you have fresh frozen soups. That's correct. I rent a kitchen here in town, and I make frozen soups to sell at market. What's in your soups? I do a mix of vegan soups and meat soups. So anything that is a vegetable only, I make sure I use vegetable broth so it's vegan. I don't use any animal fats or anything like that. Are you growing the ingredients that go in the soup? For the most part, yes. When I have market leftovers, the leftovers go in my freezer, and then in my off-season I make soups. (laughs) Okay, well, thank you. Let me take a look at what you have here. I would like to try your soups. Okay. Um, Which one interests you the most? This green goddess. Okay. Well, in addition to all the vegetables that are available in this Pennsylvania Honesdale marketplace, there's other items. So I stopped at a stand, but and there's fruits here and different items. So. Please introduce yourself and tell me about your stand. Sure. Hi, I'm Monique Millison with Ant Hill Farm Agroforestry. What we have here today are our Asian pears. They're like similar to a European pear. It's usually not what people think of for this area, but they're like they're crisp, they're sweet, and then you can let them ripen on the counter and they'll soften up like a regular pear. They're one of our signature items. We grow a lot of them at our farm, at our orchard. And then we also have um, with us some otter fruits so we have quince uh, and quince is like you don't want to eat them raw they're kind of like a cooking fruit they're really like 
kind of an old world classic relative of the apple. So they're tart and you cook with them. So you can make tarts with them. Some people will do like scones or like a, I usually just do like a sauce, but you can cook them down to make kind of like a jam or a quince paste, which is like traditional in Spain. Another little odd thing we have with us today is American persimmon. You don't want to eat them when they're hard and firm. You have to wait till they're really soft and squishy. Otherwise, they're like super bitter. But they're like a native species. A lot of times you see a little bit further south, but they actually are within range up here in northern Pennsylvania. And then we also have a lot of different CBD products as well. We grow the hemp, make the products. So I have like extracts. I have the actual flower and smokables, but we, I make like bath bombs, CBD salves and body oils and a lot of different tea blends. People find a lot of relief for sleep and pain relief, stress and anxiety, and it's been a really cool crop for us. I like these things that look like tennis balls. Those are the bath bombs. So I have a couple different scents like lavender, um, ylang ylang, and rose geranium and they're really popular especially this time of year when people like to take a nice hot bath and get a good soak well i like the idea of these fruits and so that's going to be my choice here i see a stand that has tomatoes and all kinds of vegetables but let this person introduce themselves and tell us what their farm's about I'm Amy Bilecki from Bilecki Farms. Uh, we're like located in Lakewood, Pennsylvania, so we're in far northern Wayne County. We are year-round market farm, and our specialty is hydroponic greens. So we do year-round greens of lettuce and bok choy and microgreens and all kinds of leafy greens. We still have tomatoes right now because the weather's been mild, so it's been good to us lately. So we've got a few things, tomatoes, zucchini, that are still hanging on for a few weeks more. What inspired you to do hydroponic? It's the land, the Wayne County land. If you're familiar with it at all, it's extremely rocky. So it's hard to work the ground. So if you're doing any kind of in-ground crops, um, it requires bringing in a lot of compost, and you got to loosen up that ground. So hydroponics was a good way for us to produce a lot of vegetables in a smaller space because you can get a much more intense growth out of the area. But also we could use that ground that's not suitable for a ground crop. It doesn't matter the condition of the ground to use for hydroponic growing. What are some of the challenges that you're having right now? Oh gosh, where do you begin? There's always the challenge of the weather because you have absolutely no control over that. Of course, with the economy now, just about all of our supplies are seeing a big boost in cost. So we're trying our best not to pass those costs on to the customers. Unfortunately, you know, we've raised prices just a little bit, but we've tried hard not to do that. But supply is an issue. It's, it's, it's hard getting things. There can be shortages. We're seeing a lot of that now. Seeds, you're not necessarily able to get everything that you need to get. Things are out of stock. You may have to choose a different variety. So those are just ongoing challenges that we see. I do see your presence in the Calicoon Farmer's Market, and now here we're in Honesdale. So now as we transition into the fall, Holly Farmer's Market has moved indoors, so that's now become a year-round farmer's market. We come here to the Cooperage on Saturdays, and then we do Calicoon on Sundays, which is also moving indoors for the wintertime. Okay, you mentioned Holly. Tell us about that venue. Wonderful farmer's market. We've seen it grow a lot in the past five, six years that we've been there. It's grown a lot. So it's located at uh, Bingham Park in Holly. 
throughout the summertime. So that's May through the end of October that we're there. Fantastic. We got all kinds of vendors, music, entertainment. So a lot of fun. There's a playground right next door for the kids. So it's a really great location. And now we've moved indoors to the Holly Hub on Main Street. So just across the bridge from the park. The Black and Brass Coffee Shop is in the room in the front of the hub, and they have a wonderful event space in the back room that we're able to use for the market on Fridays. And the only change we've made for the wintertime, we've moved the market up one hour in the summertime. It's 2 to 5. We're now having the market 1 to 4 to accommodate for the the difference in the daylight because as it gets later in the day, now this time of year it's getting dark. Well, thank you for taking the time to speak with us. You're welcome. Thank you so much. My name is Ray Collins. They call me the Nut Guy. I own the company Kaizen Snacks, a specialty nut company. We pretty much add herbs and spices to dried fruits, seeds, and nuts. No additives, no fake products at all. Well, I just sampled some of your work. This bag caught my eye, everything cashew, so it tastes like a bagel, but it doesn't have the carbs. It has all the protein. Tell me about what inspired you to make this product. Well, it's kind of funny. Me and my wife, we love bagels. So we were thinking about what could we do with the seasoning. So we figured on, we tried nuts. We settled on the cashew. Then we had to figure out what was going to make the seeds stick to the cashew. And we were eating some mushu pork one day. My wife was like, let's try this hoisin sauce. We tried it and it stuck. So... That's how the Everything Cashew was founded. Okay, well, I think that's what I'm going to walk away with. Tell me what stands that you usually are seen in. You can find us in the summer at Holly's Farmer's Market on Fridays. We also do an event in New Jersey at the Shops of Lafayette on Sundays. And various festivals and art and craft shows on Saturdays during the summer. On Saturdays, we'll be here from 11 to 1 at the Cooperage here in Holmesdale. Okay, thank you for taking the time to speak with me. Thank you. I see that the sign here, Quails Are Us. I've stopped there, but this young lady's going to introduce herself and tell me about your products. Hi, I'm Linda from Quails R Us, and we raise poultry. They're free-range. We raise brown eggs and pork. We do fresh chickens, and once in a while we'll freeze it. And we do a couple other markets, Milford, Barryville, Hawley, and Southside and Scranton, and we do drop-off during the winter when there's no markets. I see that you're in the Cooperage in Honesdale, Pennsylvania, but where is your farm located? We're up in Pleasant Mount. We just moved to a newer place, and we sold the old farm, so we're up in Pleasant Mount right now. Okay. What inspired you to do that, to move? We wanted to do actually be a little smaller than have 30 acres of farm and working. We have grandchildren now, so we would like to spend a little more time with grandchildren. That's very inspiring. Well, what particular challenges are you experiencing now? We are actually short of stuff. We don't have enough stuff right now, and everything is sky high. Prices are high in fee, but otherwise we're running short of most of the things that we have. Good luck to you with your new move, and precious time to you. Good health with your grandchildren. Thank you. 
My name is Jenna Motter. Okay, Jenna, tell me what your role is here at the Cooperage and about this beautiful event that's here in early November. Yeah, well, I have the pleasure of being the market manager here at the Cooperage Project. I lead all of our agriculture and food programs, and we've got a ton of stuff going on in this building. Um, The farmer's market is one event that we were able to keep going throughout the pandemic, and we're really excited for the kickoff today, having our Red Door Cafe back open and having romping radishes and microgreens for little kids coming up the third Saturday. It's, it's just really exciting to see everybody out here today. I noticed while I was doing my shopping, children are asking farmers questions. So for our kickoff party, we really wanted to get consumers talking with the producers that are growing their food. And for kids especially, you know, they should make the connection that food is grown on farms before it gets to the grocery store. And so it's really great to see them come to our farmer's market. We had a whole activity sheet together where they could learn about some of the foods that they're going to find here at the market, the parts of the plant that they're eating, making a market bag so they can take their food home in their very own little bag, which was a reusable item. We were recycling brown bags and letting them decorate them, seeing what food groups they're eating, and then, yeah, interviewing farmers, trying something new. They were able to sample Asian pear here today too and a lot of kids had never had one before so it was really great to have them try something new and you mentioned your cafe is open who's doing the cooking for that So we've got Chef Michelle in the cafe. She's been cooking every month for our senior meal program. And then she was interested in in doing a little bit more. So we're having our Red Door Cafe open every Saturday from 11 to 1 for our farmer's market. It'll also be open during our holiday artisan's market on December 4th. It's a Sunday, if I said that date correctly. And we'll have it open for some special events, too. Um, But it's really nice to smell all of the local food cooking right here in the kitchen and then being able to eat it, enjoy it, and then buy the fresh product to take home and make yourself. Is there anything else you'd like to add about the events of the Cooperage at this time of the year? You know, people feel like things are closing up, getting ready for winter, but we're still at full capacity with programs, events, and rentals in our space. So if you want to find out what's happening at the Cooperage, you should check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or our website, thecooperageproject.org. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) On the way out, I spotted some lovely heads of fresh broccoli to add to my green market bag. Oh, this one. This This one? one? Yeah. Yeah. Please introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about your farm. Rachel Fox from uh, Salem Mountain Farm in South Canaan. We're about 14 miles from here in Homesdale. We are not certified organic, but we go beyond organic practices. And we try to be closed loop with our fertility and try to farm as sustainable as possible. We have two young children, Angus and I get, and my husband is Brian. The word sustainable is very good. What inspired you to choose that type of farming? Brian, my husband, has been farming for uh, about 21 years, so he was already headed on that path, converting their family's old dairy farm from the 70s into what it is today, I guess. Suppose now uh, the sustainable for us is having a future for the kids with our farm, trying to do it so that there's uh, we're laying the groundwork for them, I guess. So then they kind of have it set up and then they can take it further if they so choose to do it. We're going to give them an option, but we hope that they decide to keep going with it. 
What kind of challenges are you experiencing right now? Our biggest challenge is usually a lot of water. We have a heavy clay soil and it's on hard pan underneath, so the only place for the water to go is to evaporate. But if it keeps raining and raining and raining, it doesn't get a chance. This year was very dry for everybody, but we actually benefited from the dryness because um, there was so much water already in there that it kind of worked in our favor. But then towards the end of the summer, it got a little bit too dry and then we were hit with a lot of water again so <laughs> it always kind of comes around to a lot of water and we just need a place for it to go yeah. well you have a very healthy glow about you so whatever you're doing is work <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you for taking the time to speak with me and i did note the extent of your line this morning the cooperage will host the winter main street market that's an operation from November through April every Saturday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. with alternating family programs. The Holy Pennsylvania Market operates on Fridays from 1 to 4 p.m. inside the Holy Hub on Main Street, sharing the space with black and brass coffee. For Radio Catskills Farm and Country, this is Rosie Starr. We hope that you enjoyed our show this week with production by Radio Catskill volunteer Keith Hubbard. Special thanks goes to our guests, the staff, organizers, and farmers at the Cooperage Main Street Market in Honesdale, Pennsylvania. This has been your host, Rosie Starr. Thanks for listening local to Farm and Country and supporting Radio Catskill, public radio for the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. Support for Farm and Country comes from Damascus Citizens for Sustainability, a community-supported, science-based nonprofit taking legal actions, providing tools for action, and raising awareness of fracking damage since 2008, proactively protecting public health in the Delaware River Basin and beyond. DamascusCitizens.org If you hear good music, you're listening to Radio Catskill. Clyde Alvin Yates III sets it off Saturday night at 7. At 9, an hour of global sounds on Afropop. Then at 10, Selector Starkey and DJ Chuck spend four hours of funk, hip-hop, and more on Old School Sessions. Saturday night, only on Radio Catskill. Let me borrow it. You know, my brother, you, you, you got to buy your own, buy your own, buy your own. Hello, if you're a book reader, and even if you're not, 